Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Oh my. Blake and Boomer are here for all of your weekly winners. Oh my. Let's fatten up your wallet. Oh, all right, my friends, we're back. It's chapter 4.4 of the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Boomer's in the house. We're ready to pick some winners. Boomer, what's going on this evening? Oh, not much. Just uh, having, having a nice, earthy red blend tonight to kind of calm my spirits before for this new college football season. Or college football weekend. College football weekend, NFL weekend. You're all over the place with these beverages. Uh, it's week four of the college football season. It's week three of the NFL season. It's chapter 4.4 of the Deep Fried Bets podcast. And we are joined tonight by Blackjack Fletcher. Blackjack's coming to us from the Action Network. Uh, does some barstool concierge services. He's all over the place. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about Blackjack here in a second. But, you know, I'll take that bet. ESPN Plus. Guys all over. Really sharp information. We're going to talk some NFL with him here in just a little bit. But uh, let's let's kind of take a look back about last weekend, see how we did. Uh, it was week three and week two of the NFL. A little bounce-back opportunity for us in the NFL. But uh, Boomer had a 9-7 week, brought his overall total to 23-17-2 in the vault, which, again, if you don't know, if you're not super familiar with the Deep Fried Bets podcast, what we do here is we're always going to pick the scheduled games. Our scheduled games are going to be – you know, the bigger games you're going to be watching. So for this weekend, you know, the Alabama A&M game, um, you know, the Thursday night college – or the NFL game, Sunday night game, that kind of thing. And then at the end, we do what we call the vault, which is our five favorite non-scheduled games of the weekend. And then we have the stock to get you going for your weekend. But Boomer goes 5-0 and in his vault last weekend. Unfortunately, though, we got to hit on this. You lost your lock for the third straight week. 0-3, Stone Cold Steve Austin locks for the year. What's going on? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty ridiculous, but um, I, I think I'm just gonna start mixing it up a little bit. I, I've been able to uh, lock it in to where everybody can fade me on the lock, and then just stick with the actual vault picks. So you know, I'm trying to keep it as consistent as possible. Well, it's not the stone cold fade of the week; it's the lock of the week. Uh, I hit mine again: North Texas plus seven, boat race, Arkansas. I uh, ended up getting an alternate line of minus three and a hook on that. Uh, Ten and six overall week for me, bringing my overall total on the year twenty five seventeen. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. So, like I said, it's week four of the or college football. Week three, uh, still not any great Thursday night games. Um, but let's let's kind of take a take a look at some of uh, last week. I hit on I blacklisted Arizona Cardinals after week one. Uh, it's the first time I've ever blacklisted an NFL team, and thank God I did because they might be even worse than I thought they were. Boom, have you added any teams to your blacklist? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I like to jump on board with you on the Arizona Cardinals. They look um, pretty incapable, and it just breaks my heart because they they have Sam, Sammy Bradford on Sam there. Sleeves. Just was really, really having for a resurgency right there by him. You know, he, he looks like he uh, he still has a damn coat hanger in his shoulder pads whenever he walks out there. But God love him, he's out there trying. Well, I think it's time for your boy Brosen to get to get some action. But um, in case you don't know, Boomer is a, a resident Atlantean, uh, ATLian. So we got to talk about uh, some big news today that came out. I, I'm sure you've heard the news living over in Atlanta. So the Super Bowl, uh, we're, what are we, 53 coming up this year? Super Bowl 53 is going to be in Atlanta in that new fancy, newfangled Mercedes-Benz uh, dome. But the uh, the news came out today, and it's just soul-crushing, heartbreaking news. We're having a Super Bowl in Atlanta, and they have picked Maroon 5 to be the halftime performers. Uh, Boomer, what, what's your thoughts on this? I, mean, uh, I, thought, you going, I thought you were going uh, towards Julio Jones being injured. For the uh, eight straight season in week three. No, I mean it, we should have Julio do the halftime performance. But anyways, uh, you know, elaborate on this maroon five. Yeah, man, I don't know if you'd be able to make it through the halftime performance without getting something injured. Okay. Anyways, I mean, was uh, <laughs> was Outcast booked that weekend? Were they not free the first weekend of February? The Migos, they out of town. What's going on? Yeah, I didn't really uh, understand the whole maroon five thing. I was I was really pushing for Machine Gun Kelly. For this uh, for the show, 
No, we don't know who that is, man. We're a uh, we're a classic hip hop and R&B uh, podcast around here. And the Migos, I guess. I, I'm hip. I'm cool. I can I can keep up with the times. Okay. All right. So, anyways, that was the the breaking news out of Atlanta today. We wanted to see what our resident uh, Atlanta liver over there had to say. So. Let's, uh, let's get to our interview here in just a second. Like I said, it's week three of the NFL season, what we really get with Black Jack Fletcher here. Um, but let's get to that right now. We'll check that out. All right, my friends, we'd like to welcome Black Jack Fletcher to the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Black Jack's coming to us from the Action Network. Uh, you can catch his podcast from the Strip Pod. Um, he's on Twitter at Black Jack Fletch. He's coming to you, uh, like I said, from Action Network. Uh, I'll take that bet. ESPN Plus, all over the place, wherever gambling is found. Blackjack Fletcher's there. Blackjack, man, how's it going this evening? Fantastic, brother. How you doing? Happy to be here. Doing good. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. So, busy football weekend coming up, uh, starting Thursday night. We've got the Browns, we got the Jets, and we got the Cleveland Browns, who are an uh, uh, NFL favorite what's your thought on that i couldn't even get it out it's so surprising to say it's so hard to say <laughs> uh you know what man i've been going back and forth with this one i gotta tell you it's one of those things where by all measures the browns and i can't believe i'm saying this should win this game right i mean they're they're oh one and one but they realistically probably should be two and oh i mean it's not for their kicker they should have won that game against Pittsburgh, and they should have beat New Orleans, or at least tied New Orleans, uh, and had a chance to go to overtime. So, I mean, they, the opportunity has been there. But you kind of wonder, you know, is this just the way the Browns are? They're snake bit in so many ways. You know, that now you're looking at this game against the Jets, and everyone in the world thinks Cleveland's going to win this game. And, you know, all the money is on Cleveland covering that number. And you know, man, when that happens, I I kind of lean the other way. I I'm I'm thinking about taking the Jets and the points in this one. Yep, I'm kind of there with you. I was you know excited to see Cleveland and uh, being the favorite, and then you kind of like you said, the public's all over them, and that that scares you in a spot like that. Anytime the public's taking the Browns, and uh, it, it is definitely yeah. And so. you know what? I think the Browns going to be one of those teams that probably is pretty good against the spread this year, so I think they'll cover a lot of numbers. But I just can't lay points with a Hugh Jackson Browns team. Right, that's true. So, yeah, like you said, you mentioned the Browns probably should be two and zero this year, which is definitely something that's surprising. What else has kind of stood out to you so far in the young season that uh, that would be uh, a surprise? Uh, definitely the Giants' offensive line troubles. Uh, I thought when they signed Nate Solder, I thought that was gonna gonna cure a lot of what ailed them, and their offensive line has looked as bad as anybody's in, in football, that's been a surprise for me. Um, just how bad the Arizona Cardinals yeah. are has been a surprise. Um, you know, Bradford's one of those guys that when he's healthy, he's generally, you know, uh, at worst a league average quarterback. And that team had five first downs in a whole game against the Rams is atrocious. Um, the Rams, as, as good as they've looked, has been surprising. I think everyone thought they were going to be a good team, but they – they look like the best team in football, yeah, um, and it, Super, it doesn't Super Bowl favorites feel now, right? particularly close. What's that? Yeah, Rams are the favorites for the Super Bowl now, right? In a lot of places, they are, and, and it's hard to argue because it doesn't seem very close between them and whoever you've got at number two. Um, so that that surprised me, and and the other big surprise to me was Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I, I had Pittsburgh as one of those teams I thought could go to the Super Bowl this year, but. Man, I, I don't know what's going on there. It seems like you've got dysfunction. It seems like the game plan's not that great. The defense is weak. I, I don't know what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, that's one of those, you know, every year you hear rumblings after they lose a game or two that they shouldn't about, you know, maybe it's time for Tomlin to go. And I'm always like, you know, you people are crazy. He's won a Super Bowl. He's done great things. But, you know, you hear more and more, and it's just, you know, me and my buddies were talking about this the other day. If Belichick had this roster, or if, if some of these other guys, like, had this kind of talent, you just wouldn't hear about what comes out of that locker room all the time. What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, Mike Tomlin doesn't have control of that team. You can trace it back to 2016 when he told the guys in the playoffs, cool it on social media, and you got Antonio Brown, you know, doing a 16-minute Facebook Live from the locker room. I mean, there's just no... There's no control over that team. And, you know, you saw it even this year in the, in the, in the preseason when Le'Veon Bell held out. And, you know, then you've got offensive linemen going out there and, and you know, talking negatively about him and, and the holdout. 
And listen, I understand if they have those feelings, but you mentioned Belichick. If that was New England, there's no way those comments are coming out of that locker. Right. It's not. Yep. So, yeah, Steelers definitely, definitely disappointed. They're coming in on a Monday night game against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I think, definitely qualifies as a surprise. But uh, is, is uh, Pittsburgh, is that a team that you look that you maybe can still get some value on that Vegas might have soured on them a little quicker than other people? Or you still think that they're uh, about Yeah, I, I think you can, man. I mean, you know, looking at that game, and, and listen, what Ryan Fitzpatrick's done has been nothing short of amazing. I mean, eight touchdowns over 800 yards in two games. You can't knock anything that has done, including his outfit. Um, but, you know, by the same token, are we really saying the Steelers are going 0-2-1 to start this season? I mean, I, I have a tough time seeing it. And with that number at two, you know, if you think the Steelers are going to get the win, you might as well wait at two points. Um, it's not really one of those key numbers in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I still kind of like Pittsburgh this week. Okay. So anybody else sitting out there that maybe still has a little bit of value that uh, Vegas hadn't caught on yet? I think the Colts have value. Um, I, I think that you're, what, what, what you've seen in, in a couple of weeks for Andrew Luck is that he seems back to 100%. I mean, there doesn't look to be any limitations on him. Uh, shoulder-wise, he looks physically right back to where he was. And that offense looks like they can score. Now, their defense is another issue. But if they can score points, they're going to be in games and you may get a lot of those backdoor-type covers. So, you know, you're looking at the Colts this week. Taking on the Eagles with Carson Wentz playing his first game back from injury. Their receivers are a little banged up. And, you know, the Colts are catching six and a half, seven. I think that's the game Indianapolis could win outright. Yep. I saw something like seventy percent of the public is on Indiana or uh, Cleveland or ha, Philadelphia right now. Is that something people are just buying into Carson Wentz coming back and being automatically what he was after 10, 11 months out of football? It is. It is. And you know what? It's one of those things like if you bet baseball regularly, you always know that like when a starting pitcher comes back from the DL, you want to fade him that first start back because you got to find your rhythm again. You got to kind of get your legs under you. And Carson Wentz is no different in, in the NFL. He's going to need to hit a couple of times. He's going to need to test that knee out before he feels 100% comfortable. I mean, being in practice is one thing, but being in game action and getting hit is something else. So, you know, it's just going to be a little bit of a process. And I think that that's too many points to be laid into an offense with a quarterback that has shown he can put points on board. All right. So you kind of hit on a little bit earlier about the Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals, Bills, consensus, first through the first two weeks of the season, got to be the two worst teams out there. Is, is that true? I mean, are they as bad as they've looked the first couple of weeks? You know, listen, I, I expected the Bills to be the worst team in football. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that going into the year. I, I think that the Bills are just in, a, a, in the beginning stages of a pretty big rebuild here. A rebuild that I don't think they needed to undertake, and I don't really understand why they're undertaking, to be honest with you, but that's the path they've chosen. The Cardinals doesn't make any sense to me, man, because, you know, you've got David Johnson back. You've got Larry Fitzgerald. They draft Christian Kirk on the outside. The defense still does have some playmakers on it, and that, so that seems to look as bad as they have has been. I, I mean, just shocking how bad they've been. Yeah. Do you think they really are this bad, or is it something that maybe they just underperformed the first couple of weeks and there might be, still be some value there? It's hard to say that they're, that they're not this bad. When you come out, like I said, five first downs in an NFL game, I mean, that's like some video game stuff. I mean, that's like you playing a Madden game and putting it on a rookie. I mean, it's, it's tough uh, to, to have five first downs in an entire game. I honestly think you know, one or two more games. It's time to put Josh Rosen in there. We see what the hell we've got. Yep, I think that that's. I mean, you got to do something because yeah, it has been as bad as possible the first couple of games. All right, so well, you know, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, you're you're coming from us from all over the place, and you know, out in Vegas this time of year, how great is it? Just walk us through a typical week in the life of Blackjack Fletcher during a uh, football season. Uh, it, it's the best, man, because it doesn't really ever stop at this time of year. You know, we have the, the summer where we're in the day-to-day grind of baseball, but, you know, nobody really enjoys that. Right. <laughs> in baseball, you know, and it's tough day in and day out. But now now it's like, you know, we've got Thursday games to prep for, and then we've got Friday college, Saturday college, Sunday NFL, Monday NFL, you know, so you're really spending your, your Tuesday and Wednesday trying to get ready for the week ahead. 
So, you know, by this time of the week, I've already got most of my plays made for the weekend. Okay. So you got some plays. Um, what uh, What's kind of stood out, you know, in kind of like, like a line movement? Anything, you know, put in the research, done that kind of stuff. Anything that you've seen that kind of stood out in terms of movement over the past couple of days? I mean, you have to kind of watch, you know, the, 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 when the public overbets something. Like, you know, the Vikings and Bills this week. You know, you ask if, if they're really that bad. Listen, the Bills are a really, really bad team, and they might be the worst team in the NFL, but they are still a professional football team. And I saw that spread get as high as 17, 17 and a half. You just can't lay that kind of, that kind of point spread in the NFL. I mean, the Vikings are at home. They're against a bad team, but they also have the Rams next week. So maybe it's a little bit of a look-ahead spot for them. It's just too many points. So when you see something like that, where that line is just ticking up and up and up and up, you just kind of want to wait that out a little bit until it hits its, its zenith, and then you want to pass on it. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that Rams-Vikings, that's a Thursday night game too, isn't it? Yeah, so short week. Okay, yeah, so that's definitely something to look forward to. All right, Blackjack. Well, we appreciate you joining us again. Y'all check him out. Uh, he's all over the place. Blackjack Fletch on Twitter. Uh, coming to us from Action Network. He's got a host. He's the host of From the Strip podcast, uh, Barstool Sports Gambling Concierge. He's on I'll Take That Bet, ESPN Plus. Like I said, all over the place. Great information. Again, thanks, Blackjack, for joining us. No problem, brother. Anytime. All right. Again, folks, I'd like to thank Blackjack Fletcher coming to us from Sports action uh he's all our action network sorry got all over the place um you know take that bet on espn plus from the strip pod uh winners man he, he's giving them out uh, a lot of good insight there so y'all uh y'all check him out at blackjack fletch on twitter but boom let's get to to college football it's uh it's probably what we do best around here it's what uh you know we're both in the south so we uh we're probably the most comfortable with college football. So we got week four coming up. And like I said, we're still not to these great. Usually you get five or six pretty dang good Thursday night games throughout the year. We're not there yet. We uh, Was it Temple and Tulane, the Thursday night game? So we're not going to hit on that. Uh, no, Temple, Temple and Tulsa, actually. But Temple and Tulsa. Tulane, Tulsa, basically the exact same, same thing. Same thing, five-letter teams that uh, aren't very good anyway so let's go to friday night because we do have an intriguing matchup i think we've got the lane train uh going into orlando the fake national champion central florida at home 14 point home favorites against the lane train lane catching 14 plus for the second time this year what's your thoughts on this yeah i mean florida atlantic has been unfortunately very disappointing for Every single college football fan out there, Lane has been quiet from from everything I've seen so far. And college football just didn't sing without him out there running his mouth, talking uh, talking about saving, getting mad about him wearing hats and uh, him interviews, yeah, <laughs> interviews and video uh, reviews. So I'm hoping that this week he can light the spark that everybody thought he was going to against Oklahoma at the beginning of the year. They came in way over hyped. I believe they're 0-3 against the spread. Correct me if I'm wrong there so far this year. Um, that being said, 14 points, interstate rivalry, so to speak. I'm going to go ahead and take the 14 on Friday just because I think Lane's going to pull a damn rabbit out of the hat this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about time for one of those. You kind of hit on it. They uh, went to Norman the first week of the year and just got boat raised. I mean, it was awful. Um, but, uh, you know, rumor was that they kind of started drinking their own Kool-Aid a little bit and bought into the offseason hype a little bit coming off an 11-win season. I don't know if they've gotten that out of their system yet. Central Florida, they're annoying as hell, but they probably are the best team in the state of Florida right now. Um they're, they're the best team in the country last year, I believe. Right, yes. Uh, they did beat your beloved Auburn Tigers uh, single-handedly. But what? Okay. Um, so, anyways, uh, Central Florida, we've got uh, 14 points at home. I, I think they'll cover the number. They'll try everything they can. I think both of these teams, you know, Lane will do what he can to, to cover too. But uh, I think Central Florida, there's just too much talent out there. They want to get the name out there. 
you know, if they can say they beat a tw- or eleven win team by twenty one plus points, that's going to be something that they hold their hat, uh, you know, hat high on, and kind of gives them more momentum to, to legitimize what they are claiming as a national championship last year on a primetime Friday night spot. So I'll take a, I'll take the Central Flight a Central Florida Knights on Friday night. Uh, next up. Like I said, not uh, not the greatest weekend of college football, to be honest. Uh, decent game in Tuscaloosa. Kind of shocking when the spread came out on this, but Alabama just, I mean, they haven't been contained this year, and the offense looks unstoppable. The defense, which I thought was going to have some holes, has been pretty dominant. You know, they had the one play, first play of the game, the LSU, or the Ole Miss game, and after that didn't allow another point. Uh, the spread is 26-and-a-half as we speak, boom. Again, we record this on Wednesday night. Usually uh-huh. gets to your mailbox on Thursday morning, so it could fluctuate a little bit. But what's your thought on this, 26-and-a-half Tuscaloosa at home? Yeah, I'm pretty sick of uh, picking the spread in Alabama games. It's just absolutely unreal how, uh, how little of a soul or morals or ethics that Saban and the program really have just beating the hell out of people mercilessly. So I'm going to uh, totally stay away from the spread this week uh, just because I know if Alabama wants to, they'll put a damn 102 on them. But um, give me give me an under right here. I think uh, it's at 61 right. right now. More than likely that's going to shoot up because I'm sure most of the people out there think that Alabama's going to score 61 before the – um, before halftime, so before the two minute I'll take a flyer up. that uh, I'll take a flyer that maybe Jalen Hurts uh, still isn't in the game. Whatever, it's fifty-two to nothing. Okay, so you're taking the under sixty-one. Um, so I have faded Alabama to this point just because I think they're catching a ridiculous amount of points every week, and every week the number gets more and more ridiculous, and they keep covering. So at this point, I just got to keep doubling down on my strategy. To keep fading them, um, you know, I can't just go in now and, t- and start taking them because this would be the week that you know they don't do it. So I'm going to keep fading them. Obviously, I think Alabama wins. I think A&M Jimbo will uh, he'll score some, you know, towards the end. Um, you know, talking about it last year, he does have an advantage. He did scout Alabama last year. A little bit different team, but he's he's familiar with Alabama. He's played them a lot. Obviously, he worked with Saban. He's one of the former assistants, but I think that. Maybe he scores late. I don't think it's a competitive game. Maybe maybe the first quarter it's competitive, you know, 10-7 to 7 at the end of the first, something like that. But I think that uh, Alabama pulls away, but A&M is able to backdoor it maybe a little bit towards the end. Uh, next up, a Lone Star State matchup. Again, not too much to be desired this weekend, but it's TCU minus three at Texas. Is Texas back, Boomer? Um, well, I think that Texas had a great spot last week that we touched on that I had. I was all over that game. Yep. Uh, just pretty, pretty clear, pretty clear decision there to go with them. This week, I think that TCU kind of stepped in and take that spot away from them. Texas did beat a very bad USC team. I think that everybody can kind of agree with that right now. Right. TCU. Had a couple of bad breaks, but they hung with a very good Ohio State team there for a while uh, and covered by, I think, half a point last week. So, that being said, I think TCU is going to have enough speed right here. Gary Patterson always plays this game really, really well. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of a hangover from the game for them last week. So, I'll go ahead and swallow the three and uh, play with the Horned Frogs. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Big time on TCU in this one as well. I think people, you know, Texas at home, people are buying into maybe they they are back a little bit after the big win against USC. But, yeah, USC's not good. They're going to take a lot of lumps this year. Clay Elton's going to have a tough time surviving this year. I really think so um, just because I think the narrative has kind of already been cast that Darnold covered up a lot of his inefficiencies, and he's kind of – you know they're they're gonna have they've got a tough test on their hand Friday night against uh, Washington State. It's at home, but I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State came in and beat them. So I think that Texas may be riding a little too high, like you said, Gary Patterson. You got to trust him in a game like this. Uh, Ohio State, they were close with TCU the whole game, and then you know TCU 
what are they down six or so when that guy throws a little shovel pass that the defensive lineman Marcel's back to the end zone and scores a touchdown. I think that puts them up 13. And the quarterback, if you go back and watch that play, is just kind of standing there watching. Doesn't even put any body weight on the guy. You know, not saying he could attack on him or anything, but slowed him down a little bit, tripped him up maybe. Because at that point it was a six-point game. So I think that I think that game was closer than the score maybe it looks like it was because Ohio State kind of – I mean, they were down seven and a half, or six at halftime, Ohio State was. So TCU, a lot better team than Texas. I'll take the – you know, I'll eat three with you on Saturday night. And then the primetime matchup, game day matchup actually, uh, Stanford – Minus one of the hook, minus two, again, depending on where you're at, against Oregon. Um, it's in Oregon. And uh, Mario Cristobal is the head coach, for those of you who did not know, out in Oregon. Not the most glamorous hire. David Shaw's got the Cardinal riding high. Bryce Love will be back, did not play last weekend against UC Davis. We'll be making the trip up to Autzen this weekend. Uh, Boom, you got a, a good feel on this game? Uh, not, a, not a great feel, to be honest, but... Um... I'm just going kind of with what the line telling me. This game originally opened up with uh, Oregon minus two and has since shifted to, like you said, I think offshore is uh, Stanford minus two. Oregon really hasn't played anybody, so really no one knows what Oregon has. Kind of go back to Stanford and who they've played so far. Uh they were a good spot against USC also just because of how overvalued USC was this year. That being said, they beat a very bad USC team by just two touchdowns. Um, Bryce Love hasn't really been himself. I don't know if he's hurt. Something's going on there. Castellano, obviously, I'm high on him at quarterback. But I think that um, I think that Oregon has something this year. I think they could end up competing for the uh for the Pac twelve championship, uh especially in the North. And they've got the talent. This game, they used to dominate this game back whenever Chip Kelly was there and uh kind of before that Mark Helfrich era. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna take the, the plus two with Oregon and we'll uh, we'll find out about them this weekend. Yeah, I think that Stanford is highly overrated. And then I think Oregon might be coasting on name recognition a little bit here. Um, Justin Herbert, Hubert, whatever his name is, the quarterback, he's uh, he's really good. And he's gonna. I mean, they're going to score some points. But Stanford defense is really good. Um, like Bryce Love back. I just I don't have a great feel in this game. Stanford, like I said, I think they're overrated. But I don't like Oregon. Hadn't played anybody. I don't think Oregon's that good either. I think that you're going to get an inflated point total here, just because, like I said, there is some uh, name recognition with Oregon that you know you used to affiliate the word Oregon with offense. It's not like it used to be, and you're catching. I think there's 50 over under 56 in this. Um, Stanford they want to they want to pop you in the face, play defense, slow the game down with Bryce Love. That's what they want to do. That 17-3 game against USC a couple weeks ago. That's their wet dream. That's what they want to play every single weekend. If they can't control the tempo at all, that's you know it'll be 27-17, somewhere in that neighborhood. Either way, I like the under in this a lot, under 56, because I think you're kind of getting an inflated point total because of who the two teams are. So those are our scheduled college football games. Again, there will be plenty more college football picks here in just a little bit with what we call the vault and then maybe the Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. But it's week three in the NFL season, and it's – it might be Christmas in Cleveland tonight. It is something that we haven't seen very often. I think we saw it one time last year, and it might have been against these same Jets, but the Cleveland Browns are favorites in an NFL football game. And they're three-point favorites, a whole field goal this go-around. And uh, you don't see it every day. Boomer, are you, are you buying into it? Well, unfortunately, the Browns are a little bit more um, overvalued in this game than I would like. Right. That being said, it is a Thursday night football game with the home team right at pretty much getting three points that are giving up three points, meaning it's a pick them. Obviously, most people that listen to this know my feeling on home teams on Thursday nights. I'm going with them. People want to be at home, uh, especially on these short weeks nowadays. It's just some, something about being at home on Thursday night, uh, the Jets 
played terrible last week. I think that the Lions game a couple weeks ago, uh, they've kind of come back down to the to where they should be now at this point. Cleveland, some just awful luck recently. I I still stand by it. I think they have the talent. They've got a good team. They just have to kind of get past whatever the hell it is that's happening right now. They got rid of their field goal kicker this week, so maybe that adds a little bit of luck on their side. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the Browns here. And obviously, I'm a big Browns guy. Unfortunately, I like to bet on them a lot, so I like I like pain. So I'm gonna go ahead and just sit there and see if they see if they can prove me right for once. Revel in your misery, yeah. Um, so Blackjack kind of hit on this a little earlier. It it is kind of scary that you're catching three or the Browns are three point dog or favorites, and people love them. Um, and you just you don't want to see that out of the Cleveland Browns. You want to be on the the other side of that. But they should probably be two and zero. The way they played the first couple of games of the year last week, Zane Gonzalez, who and we got to hit on this, you know, Zane Gonzalez was one of, if not the best college football kicker I've ever seen, and Daniel Carlson was one of the top five. Both of them just, I mean, it's a total head case thing, but uh, you know, they get rid of Zane Gonzalez, bring in some rookie who kicked like sixty three percent in college or something crazy. I don't remember the guy's name, but. Hopefully they're not going to have to rely on the field goal kicker. I'm with you. I'm going to take the Browns minus three. It's a scary proposition, but uh, you know the kind of I think it's coming back. The public's kind of coming back to the Jets. A lot of people are starting to realize what you know we can bet against the Browns and get points. So uh, maybe that'll happen Thursday. But if you want to take it, take it now because I think it's probably going to go to three and a half with some of the uh, the big time money movers. But uh, the public might bring it back down to three. When we talk, when you when you catch this podcast Thursday morning, it might be three and a half, but I think it goes back to around three by game time. Uh, but I still like. To I count. can't. I, I can't believe that you left out Bobby Aguayo. Yeah, Robert Aguayo. Yeah, all top here, all your top kickers from college years. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Those three dudes were you watched them in college, and you can watch college football, and it's never automatic. But when those dudes went out, there it was automatic. And now they they can't hit anything to save their lives. I mean, Aguayo was a damn second round pick in the NFL draft. Carlson was a fifth round pick, and Zane Gonzalez was a seventh round pick. And all three of them big cut. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, so that's that. That's our take on kickers. Uh, next up, we got the Saints and we got the Falcons uh, in Atlanta. Falcons coming off a big cover at home against the Carolina Panthers. And the Saints had to eke one out against the Browns. Did that inflate the line? Boom! It's uh, minus three. What's your thought? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much a pick game. Kind of going back to the same Browns game. This is going to be the toughest game of the weekend on Sunday to pick a side on, unfortunately. Um, not, not really a good feel on this. I would say that I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints and just get the three points, knowing that Atlanta's defense is a little bit banged up, um, knowing that line maybe – could could have shifted a half point out of the way depending on how the Saints played the Browns last weekend. Could have been a total outlier. So it, it's basically a pick em game at this point. So I'll, I'll side with the Saints. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's very tough to pick, but you know it's probably the marquee game of the early window and being based in the South. Saints Falcons two of the bigger rooting interests down here. So we figured we'd give it out. I'm going to take the under 54 here. You kind of hit on the Falcons defense. They're, you know, they don't get as much credit as they deserve. Saints defense after that abysmal showing week one. You know, last year their defense was really, really good, top five, top ten in the league. They need to come back down a little bit. Or they're, you know, they're kind of coming back to that form a little bit. So I think you'll see a defensive struggle in this one. I think, uh, you know, 24-17, 21-20, something like that. Low sco- lower scoring, especially for these two teams. Public's going to be all over the over. So I think you got a good spot here to take the under of 54 in the Saints and Falcons. Next up, we got a primetime matchup. Somehow, some way, the Detroit Lions have found themselves in two primetime spots in the first three weeks of the season. This week, open or welcoming the New England Patriots, who just got Josh Gordon, and they're going to be facing old foe Matt Patricia on the other sidelines. Uh, what's your take here, Boom? Yeah, I mean, usually I haven't taken this many points in an NFL game, but it seems like a pretty good spot for the Patriots after. 
getting the break beat off of them last week by the Jags. Uh, I think I had the Patriots last weekend. Should have should have known better that line smelled like a damn trap game. But going into uh, Detroit, not really much of a madhouse. Detroit played uh, a decent San Francisco team well last weekend. Scored a lot of points. So I think the the line's pretty much where you where you expected to see it. I think if the Patriots went in and won Jacksonville, you two, it's like probably a seven, potentially seven and a half. So you're getting a little bit of value on the Patriots. You mentioned Matt Patricia. I think that uh, obviously he's going to have a great defensive game plan in for Tom Brady, but Belichick knows exactly how he's going to play in that defense, in my opinion. So I think he's going to have a couple of uh, – Little curveballs that he ends up throwing in. I think the Patriots end up winning this one relatively easy on Sunday night. Yeah, I think they're winning relatively easy, but I do think the Lions will keep it within the number. Um, seven's just too many points, and you know that everyone is going to be all over the Patriots. And I do think that you know it, human nature is involved. Bill Belichick, you know, he is a human being, believe it or not. He's not going to want to run a score up on a guy that coaches defense for you know he's been on the staff forever and ever and ever he's not going to want to just humiliate him in a prime time spot um it might be to the point where he doesn't have a choice because detroit can't stop him at all but like you said i think he'll have a pretty decent game plan for brady and uh you know belichick he'll start running the clock out a little bit earlier than he would have been a little more conservative just because he doesn't want to one-up his old assistant too too bad in a prime time spot on sunday night so i'll I'll take the seven here in an NFL game and be happy about it on Sunday night. Uh, next up, what uh, two of the more surprising teams, if not the most surprising teams in the league, you got the half-line Ryan Fitzmagic-led Fitzmagic uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Steelers, who are 0-1-1. Tomlin cannot keep that damn team together. Um, it's crazy. You know, the Le'Veon Bell stuff happens. Now you got Antonio Brown. I, I knew it when I, I mean I sat here on Sunday watching the Red Zone. Told my wife I said that's going to be a problem. I said you know because he's over there pitching a fit on the sidelines, and you know it's because God knows what what it was is because you look up and Juju Smith Schuster's got ten plus catches. Like that's Antonio Brown's team. He doesn't let anybody else have ten plus catches. So when he didn't report to work for my, on Monday, it was literally the least surprising thing I've heard in the NFL season all year. But that being said, the Steelers are still the Steelers. They can't start 0-2-1. Like, I just don't think this team is not gonna, is going to go winless in their first three games. Fitzmagic, it, you know, he has these games. He's had a seven-touchdown game before with the Texans a couple years ago. He lit it up for the Jets a couple years ago. Looked like a dadgum MVP candidate for half a season. And then fell back to earth. In his first game of the next year, he threw seven picks or six picks, whatever it was. He's just – you can't rely on this dude – way too you know all this much i think he's still maybe a better option than Jameis, but that's a different argument for a different day on monday night though i'm gonna fade him hope a little bit of that fits magic runs out i'm gonna take the steelers to not go winless in their first three games so give me the steelers minus one on monday you yeah this is uh i think this is gonna be the biggest trap game of the weekend judging off of how Chris the Hansen? lines moves yeah yeah i think uh Right now, this line should be at, given how both these two teams have started, if you didn't have names, recognition underneath either of these teams and you only saw stats from the quarterback and from the from the team's win and loss, you would be looking at Tampa Bay minus probably four, four and a half at home right here. The fact that Vegas isn't wanting to move off of the uh, Steelers minus one and turn it into a pick means that they're trying to bait a lot of the uh, betters, especially with this being a Monday night game. They're going to be expecting to get a hell of a lot of uh, money line action on the Red Hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to, they're they're really not covering a lot of, a lot of liability from from what I'm seeing, what I've been told so far. So I, I like the uh, I like the Steelers right here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say win big, but. Um, I think that they for sure get get a uh, get a win right here, judging basically solely off of the numbers. Yep, I agree. All right, so those are our scheduled games for the weekend, and uh, pretty good NFL action Monday night game. Yeah, we go from the Browns being favored to the Steelers, who are only one point favorites in Tampa Bay. So uh, pretty good, solid weekend. 
But it's now it's time for the real money making part of the weekend. It's called the Vault, and it's our five favorite non scheduled games of the weekend. Benroy went five and zero in his Vault last weekend. You know, just rummaging through some of these crazy Kansas State versus West Virginia or Louisiana Monroe versus Troy kind of games and picking out our five favorites. Boom. What's your vault look like? Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll start down with Louisiana. That's where I tend to uh, find my money most of the time on the weekend. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Louisiana Tech getting 21 points. It may take up to 21 and a half. It doesn't matter regardless. It's going to be a 21-4 game time. LSU obviously a huge win last weekend. Probably going to be a little bit of hangover right there. Louisiana Tech, air raid offense, they're going to be throwing it up and down the field no matter if they're down by 30 points. They're still going to be chucking it out. I'm expecting in some garbage time whenever LSU has some of their guys in. Louisiana Tech, it may come down to the last drive kind of situation, but LSU is not going to really give a damn about this game. They'll have to get out with a win. 21 points is a lot. I'm going to go ahead and take those. Then I'm going to go with Wake Forest. They, them and BC, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the year, are uh, two of my favorite surprises in, in the ACC. Obviously, we saw what Notre Dame did last week against Vandy. Unfortunately, you're getting a little bit of the value come down. Only getting seven and a half with Wake Forest. Like Wake Forest's offense, though, they're getting them at home. And I believe it's a 12 o'clock game or a 3.30 game, day game. Give me, give me Wake right there in the points. Then this one's not going to make any sense at all. It's uh, pretty much just a sewage sewage game to uh, have to go with. You're going yes, to have to burn. Go ahead and get you some times. But I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia Tech plus the 17 at home against Clemson. I think that um, that line makes absolutely zero sense with how both these teams have played this year. You'd figure Clemson should be uh, at least a 24-point favorite right in this game. Now, it could get away really early. I'm expecting it doesn't at home. Go ahead and take the 17 and uh, pray for the best there. Then, going back down to Louisiana, going with Louisiana Lafayette, giving up four now against Coastal Carolina. I've been a big advocate of Coastal Carolina. They uh, obviously suffered through a bunch of stuff the past couple of uh couple of weeks or so, played a early game last week um, against a very, very weak opponent in Campbell, Campbell State. I think they're going to be worn out from all the travel, all of the stuff. Campbell and State. They've got family soup. members. What's that? Campbell State, not soup? Yeah, I, I believe so. so Chunky. Chunky boys. You're you're looking at a team that's like a lot of family that was affected right there on the coast, having to go all the way to Louisiana. They're, they're not going to be in this game whatsoever mentally, so I'll go ahead and eat the four with them. Then, hold on, as before, always, before you before you continue, let me just throw out one nugget at you: Louisiana, just to see if it changes your mind, makes a road trip to Tuscaloosa next weekend. Does that does that alter your minus four there, any? Louisiana Lafayette. Yes. Yeah, um, I don't really see them having this as a, as a look-ahead game. No, not a look-ahead Okay, okay. No, nah, I think uh, I think they know that that, that money is going to cash at the ATM just as well as, uh, as anything else. So they're expecting to go get their ass beat next weekend. Not going to have any effect on this game. So, to round it out, I always give uh, an NFL play just because I want people to have something to do on Sundays like myself. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Washington Redskins this week, uh, getting three at home against the Green Bay Packers. Getting a little bit of value on the Redskins. Got beat by the uh, Colts last weekend. NFL's random. Doesn't make sense. Packers tied the Falcons. Uh, so you're getting a little bit of value at home on the Redskins. Alex Smith, the, service, the serviceable quarterback, I think they get the outright win, but definitely could be a field goal game coming down to the end of it. Right. Trying to go uh, get that Redskins game right two weeks in a row. You were on the Colts last week. So, all right, let's rattle through these. You had the Redskins plus three, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, plus four, uh, Georgia Tech plus 17, the Ramblin' Rack, Wake Forest Demon Deacons, you're all about these two-name teams, plus eight. And then Louisiana Tech plus twenty one. Um, that is your vault. I like it. And uh, if, the, if the team doesn't have two names in it, it you can't trust the team that have two names in it. Okay. 
Crimson Tide. I mean, that's why Auburn's one and one or two and one right now, right? That's right. Okay, so uh, well, that's why Louisiana State pulled that game out last week. Yeah, Louisiana State two name team. I like it. All right, so uh, let's let's get down there. We're, I'm going to start off in Louisiana too, and probably come back to it at some point. But I'm going to start in. Uh, well, this game's not being played in Louisiana, but consist consists of a Louisiana two name team, Green Wave of Tulane. Uh, plus 38 against Ohio State. Inflated points or inflated line there because of Urban Meyer coming back. I think that's going to be a big storyline this week. You know, they're just going to want to get out there, play the game, get it over with. Tulane plus 38. They'll uh, they'll try to take the air out of the football a little bit and maybe not get beat that bad. They're not going to win. Not going to be in any danger of winning the football game. But you're catching 38. And uh, Ohio State coming off a big win against TCU. Urban Meyer coming back first week. Uh, fade them this week. Next up. Florida International, uh, Butch Jones. No, not Butch Jones, Butch Davis. Butch Davis. Butch Davis. Way better odds with Butch Davis, not Butch Jones, the water boy intern in Tuscaloosa. Uh, FIU plus 27 against Miami. I don't think Miami is very good. And remember, Butch Davis coached at Miami, uh, won a national championship at Miami. And No, he did not. He should have won a national championship at Miami. He left, and then Larry Coker won one in his place. Um, you know, they, he, he still kind of, he likes to get up for these games. He went like four and one against Miami when he coached in North Carolina. So he still gets up for these Miami games. I think he keeps it within the number. Did he call you and tell you that he gets up for these kind of games? He did. We had a good conversation about it. Butch Davis, not Jones, uh, ready for the Hurricanes and that turnover less chain on Saturday night, plus 27 there. Let's go back. Uh, you mentioned this game as well. I like it a lot. Louisiana Tech plus 21 against Louisiana State. Uh, that's going to be it's going to be a letdown spot for Coach O. And, you know they've already had two huge wins after the first one against Miami. They failed to cover the number at home. Similar situation here. Go on the road, even though the first one was a neutral site game. Go out on the road. Huge win against Auburn. Come back. Letdown spot. Not in any danger of losing the game. Probably win 38-21 somewhere in that neighborhood. You're catching 21. It's going to be a good bet for you. Next up, uh, let's go to the NFL. You know Blackjack kind of hit on this earlier. The Carson Wentz-led Eagles are coming back, and or Wentz is coming back, leading the Eagles. They're seven-point favorites against a Colts team that has not looked bad at all the first couple weeks of the year. Probably could have won the first game and then beat a pretty not bad Redskins team last week on the road. They're seven-point dogs, and I really like the analogy that he used, and um, you know, it, it even cemented my faith in this pick even more. He said, you know, you don't fade a big-time starter, or you don't, back a big-time starter in Major League Baseball coming off the disabled list. Similar to Carson Wentz. It's going to take him a little bit. Their receiving core is awful. They had to re-sign Jordan Matthews this week, and he's supposed to start. Um, you know, He tore his hamstring, didn't mess it up, like straight tore it like a month and a half ago, and they need him to start. So I think that uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding. Colts might even pull one out here, send the Eagles to one and two. But I'll take the seven just to be safe. Another NFL game for you, the 49ers plus seven against the Chiefs. Patty Mahomes, BDM, love him. I mean, kid is all over the place. He's phenomenal, fun as hell to watch. Seven, a little bit too overvalue. Um, the Chiefs, really good. They'll probably get the win. But the 49ers still are not a bad football team. Garoppolo will have his way with that secondary because they are not very good in Kansas City. And so I'll, I'll take the seven there. And I got a bonus pick for you because we didn't give out too many scheduled games this weekend. I got a bonus college football game for you in the vault. Didn't quite want to make it. I didn't want to go two locks of the weekend, so I'm going to give you an extra vault pick. We're going to take Purdue plus seven for the second time in a row. Last week they were catching seven at home against Missouri. This week they're catching seven at home against a pretty good Boston College team, a team I know you're all about. A.J. Dillon, Helvig back. Uh, you know, Boston College is now in the top 25. They're going to compete in the ACC. They might be the team that slips Clemson up for their you know annual ACC loss that they shouldn't have. But I think Purdue keeps it closer than the experts think at home this weekend. So give me the Boilermakers plus seven, along with the 49ers plus seven, the Colts plus seven, Louisiana Tech plus 21, Florida International plus 27, and Tulane plus 38. Rounds out the vault. Those are the money makers, but the real, the bank account savers right here. The college loan payer offers are coming up. It's time. It's the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week.
ready to drink some cold beer. Boomer, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm ready to uh, just, you know, keep this train rolling on. But uh, we're going to go ahead and switch it up a little bit this week. I am actually going with a favorite for the first time in a long time in the vault just to get the mojo out of the way. I, uh, I'm i going to go ahead and ride with the uh, with the Gamecocks this weekend. Now you're going to have to go ahead and you're going to have to eat about two and a half points. I don't see this Gross. going to three, but you might want to go ahead and take it. They are going to Nashville to – play the red-hot Vanderbilt Commodores after uh, that game last week. I think that Vandy is riding high. Um, I, I trust Muschamp in this spot right here, coaching against uh, Derek Mason. I think that he's definitely got the talent. Debo Samuel is going to be running all over the field. Jake Bentley is going to be the best quarterback on the field. South Carolina's got the better talent, the better athletes. Um, I, I see them kind of bringing Vandy back down to earth and uh, reclaiming that upper tier SEC spot. Does this remind you at all of that game last year uh, with uh, Alabama, Week Four? You know, Vandy was coming in; they had they were three and zero. This time they're two and one, but a real close loss on the road at South Bend's probably got a little bit more confidence than uh, they should. And then Alabama came in and put them in their place. You see a similar situation in South Carolina this weekend. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is just a better team. They're going to be better coach. South Carolina obviously got the hell beat out of them against Georgia a couple weekends ago. Now, uh, I believe South Carolina's game was one of the uh, canceled games last weekend. It was. So, so, you know, you get an unofficial bye week last weekend to kind of let that beat down against Georgia. Marinade, they're chomping at the bit. They've been practicing their ass off, I'm sure, the past two weeks. I, I just, I, I see this as a full-on beatdown for the game, guys. Okay, I like it. Um, all right, I'm also going to stay in the SEC and stay in the SEC East. It's a game we haven't mentioned yet, and it just tells you everything you need to know about these two programs, that we are a team or a podcast based in the South that talks about college football, and we have yet to mention the Tennessee versus Florida game almost an hour into our program. But I'm going to mention it now because Stone Cold Steve Olsen is going to be crushing cold beers during this game, watching these two defenses go at it, because we're taking the under of 47 in Tennessee versus Florida, two inept offenses. Uh, The defenses aren't great either, so it's not like you've run the risk of a bunch of defensive scores coming at you in this game. Um, I don't see too many pick sixes, any scooping scores, anything like that. Uh, I think under 47 is just safe, safe money here. Um, 21-17, 21-14, no idea who wins. Um, don't care. Just care as long as it's you know less than seven total touchdowns, and maybe we'll miss an extra point along the way. But uh, Tennessee, Florida, under 47, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week. And that does it for our picks. A lot of winners, lots and lots of winners. We're having a lot on the season so far, 25-17 and 17 for me, 24-16-2 for Boom. Um, those are good numbers, and they're going to continue continue to get better on the year. And uh, what are you going to send us off on the weekend with, Boom? Well, I just, you know, all the outpouring of uh, people reaching out, let me know that I helped them uh, pay their power bill last week and um, helped them with the mortgage payment, that kind of thing. really warms my heart. So, uh, please, yeah, just, just keep – Keep taking them, and uh, if you don't have exactly enough money to pay the gas bill on the water bill, you should probably gamble the money for the gas bill to go ahead and cover both bills. Okay, so that's sound financial advice from Boomer. I hope my wife is not listening. Um, But there we go. You're going to take that money, and by next week, you should be able to pay your car payment, your mortgage, and everything. Send both your kids to college, the whole nine yards, Ivy League and everything, because... It's winners. It's the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Tell your friends about it. We're on iTunes. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're trying to get on Spotify. Hook a brother up. You know, we're all over the place. Uh, so tell your friends. Spread the word. Again, thanks to Blackjack to join, for joining us on the podcast this week, and we'll catch you next week.